What are targeted ads? Why are the ads I see on my feed so specific to me? And is this a violation of privacy? We'll get to all of these questions and more on this edition of Getting Schooled. I'm Abby Hornacek. So if you really think about it, targeted advertising looked a lot different before the 70s. Markets were divided by demographics, if at all. But with the rise of social media and advanced technology, a new concept has risen from social scientists, psychographics. Now, psychographics categorized consumers by more than just age, sex, and income. They began to take into account lifestyle and attitudes, beliefs, opinions, and personality traits. All very terrifying when you really think about it. There are more than 3 billion active social media users worldwide, and around 230 million of them are in the United States. With such a large social media population, businesses are using targeted ads to find their ideal audiences and extend their online online reach. I'm sure you've been talking to a friend or a family member about some product that you know for a fact you have not searched before, and then boom, you open up your phone and find an ad for that very product right there. It happens to all of us, right? So how do targeted ads work? And are they ultimately and are they ultimately helping us, the consumer, or are they helping the company? Or both, maybe. Here to talk me through all of this is the host of the Kim Commando Show, Kim Commando herself. We're very excited to have her on the podcast. Kim, thanks so much for coming on. My pleasure. Yes, targeted advertising. Ugh, oh, right? my gosh. You know, how do we get rid of it is my one question. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, I mean, you report on all things consumer technology. So let's just start off with this. How did targeted ads become such a huge part of our social media feeds? Well, it actually goes beyond just social media. Let's go back in history. There was this guy by the name of Edward Bernays. Um, he lived from, say, 1891 to 1995. The guy was a master marketeer. Now, he's said to be like the first guy who ever came up with targeted advertising. He was hired by the American Tobacco Company, and it was his job to increase cigarette sales, but among young women, right? Mm-hmm. And it lucky strikes sales. So what he did is he put ads out there just targeting young women and telling them if they smoke cigarettes, they would be skinny. They wouldn't eat. And so he started all this advertising campaign about showing like women who are thin uh, and the beauty of a thin woman and medical authorities were found to say, you know what, instead of eating sweets, you should smoke cigarettes. And then women were told, if you want to have a man, you need to smoke cigarettes. What? Yes. I'm not smoking cigarettes, Kim. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. And so then it starts going into like the 2000s when everybody's hopping on Google and all the other search sites and they're they're typing things in. And then suddenly we start seeing ads for stuff. But at that time, they were not labeled ads. And then we start moving into the 2010s, social media apps, websites, contextual advertising, advertising on TVs, pre-roll, post-roll, it gets (laughs) nuts. 
You're going to need a cigarette just to calm down from all the things. <laughs> Man, I'll say. Yeah, I'm actually looking at his bio right now. It says that he uh, was referred to in his obituary as the father of public relations. So that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Just a real quick story. Then we'll go into targeted advertising more. Is bacon. This is an amazing story. You know, what he's in charge of is making bacon like the thing that it is today. Because in the 1940s and 50s, Americans were having the basic breakfast. Coffee, a cigarette, and a glass of orange juice in a roll. And so he's like, wait a minute. So he found 5,000 doctors. He sent them all a letter. He had 4,500 of them say that that was a bad breakfast, that you need to have a big breakfast. You need to have coffee and eggs and orange juice and bacon. That's right. Wow. And so he's the original guy that brought bacon into So he's trying to kill it. everyone is what he's <laughs> yes. trying to do. He's a mass murderer. <laughs> exactly. So, but, but now on the internet, getting back to targeted advertising, let's say that you were working for a lawn seed company and it's your job to target a guy who lives in the Midwest and we'll give him a certain zip code. Let's just say zip codes 45122 or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. He needs to make $70,000. He should be 32 years old. So how do I sell him lawn seed? Because this is a guy who loves his lawn. Well, what we can do is target it down so that we find this guy. He lives in that zip code. He makes 70,000 years. He's 32 years old. Okay, but we want a guy who just used two, at least two gardening apps that he also purchased a seed spreader online. Uh, He should also have used Google to search for the best lawn mowers probably research different types of fertilizer and it'd be really great if he went onto youtube and watched some lawn care videos <laughs> and he visited a home improvement store garden department in the last 30 days so i can drill down to that minutiae with say 250 million adults in the united states okay so then how do you get those ads to that consumer and how much do those targeted ads even cost? Well, how I get all this information is by tracking this person, this guy all around the Internet, what he's done. OK, and then the more specific the ad is, the more that it costs. OK, okay. And, and the ads are purchased on what's called a cost per thousand basis or a CPM. OK. Or they're purchased on a cost per click, price per click. But on a CPM basis, and that's what most people are using right now, is that the average cost is anywhere between 3 and $10, uh, which is fairly inexpensive as you compare it to, say, traditional offline advertising, which could be $25 or more. Wow. Okay, so then um, for companies, the cost-benefit analysis of that, um, do they usually make up that money that they're paying? I mean, I'm sure they do, otherwise they wouldn't do it. Um, Correct. But but those margins, what does that look like? Well, you know, it's really hard to say because it depends upon what somebody searches for. Mm. Okay, so if you were to search for, say, Coke versus Pepsi, you're going to pay more than just to say if I am looking for a cola drink. Or something to drink with caffeine. But when you start looking at the most expensive words in targeted advertising, uh, if you go from the list down, number 10 is medical coding services. Um, Number nine is you're going to get a college degree or some type of degree. Um, If we go up to number eight, it's cleanup. Seven is cash services. Payday loans, that's a big number. 
uh, insurance is six, asset management. Lawyers are number four on the list. <laughs> I mean, that kind of makes sense. It's like accident lawyers, right? right. Personal injury oh, yeah. lawyers. <laughs> I see. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, three is casinos. Uh, number two are bail bonds. I guess if you are in jail, you're going to Google search bail bonds for some reason and try to find that lawyer, I guess, next. Um, and number one on the list is business services. So if we take a just look at the lawyer, since we've been talking about that, that's like $55 per click. Okay. So if you search for personal injury lawyer and you click on the first one, that lawyer, that law firm is going to pay $55 for that click. So obviously there's going to be a big return investment on that. Mm -hmm. And so as the, as the, as the, as the tar, as the ads and the words get more targeted, and these are the most expensive classes, that's where it is. But for the average Joe, they have a small website. They can set a budget. I only want to spend a hundred dollars a day. I don't want to spend more than, uh, say, fifty cents per click. And then it becomes a bidding war, and so and that's what drives up the prices. So you're going to have more lawyers involved than say more people who are trying to sell fertilizer online or something like that. All right, we got to step aside real quickly, but class will be back in session right after this. So you kind of went through that the consumer is tracked based off of his or her like Google searches, their activity, maybe online. But I have to set up this next question with just a very quick story. Um, so at my my job before this one, we used to do this segment called Hot Takes. And I worked in sports. So it was just, you know, we would do a hot take about something that happened in the sports world. And we were in a production meeting. I didn't even, I had my phone, but I didn't have my computer, nothing. And I turned to one of the other hosts and I was like, just kidding around. I was like, how cool would it be if we got our hot takes sponsored by Hot Topic? <laughs> you know, in my head, I, I, I haven't stepped foot in a Hot to- Topic, you know, probably ever. Van store maybe, but not Hot Topic. I go downstairs to my work computer and I, I just, I load up my Twitter and the first ad I see on my computer is for Hot Topic. Hadn't Googled <laughs> Hot Topic, hadn't done anything, but... Um, so can you just walk me through how someone can be tracked by not even Googling, let's say, a hot topic? You know, and that has happened to so many of us. Honest to gosh. I mean, I was in my kitchen and I thought, oh, you know, I've never hiked Patagonia. I've gone up and down Machu Picchu and all these other places. And then exactly. I went upstairs and all of a sudden I see ads for hiking Patagonia. <laughs> um, it's an interesting, it's a fascinating phenomenon because there are always the conspiracy theories like, oh, everybody's always listening all the time. Right. Well, you know what? They could be listening because how many of us have installed apps on our phones, our tablets, wherever, and we don't really read those terms and conditions, do we? Nope. Because if you read them and you don't agree, you're like, hmm, okay, I guess I don't get the app. So you're just like, okay, whatever, I agree. I mean, you know, I could just have so just who has sworn. time to read that? Yeah. And who <laughs> wants to, right? It's like 12 pages of whatever. Yeah. Okay, well, somewhere hidden within there, there could have been something that where you gave a certain app access to your microphone or a certain app maybe is identifying certain things that maybe you have done. And so in your case, I bet you that there was something that was actually listening for a word. And then, and in my case too, and that when you went to wherever you went to is that you suddenly see an ad for that. And it's very disconcerting because you're like, well, how do I know if 
my device is truly listening. Mm. You know, and my sports, my smart speaker is always listening. I mean, it's really fascinating to me that when I, whenever I write for USA Today, and I've written for them for, I don't know, 16, 17 years, is that whenever I write about how the, your Amazon Echo is always listening, is that I always hear from the PR person that says, you know, it's not always listening. <laughs> okay. It's only listening for the wake word. Like, hmm, all right, I'm having trouble figuring out what that difference is. But anyway, back to the listening uh, with your phone is that there are ways that you can go in there, look at your apps that you have installed, remove the apps that you uh, no longer need. Like a lot of people download a flashlight app. Okay, you don't need a flashlight app. It comes with one. <laughs> all right. You don't need a QR code app. It happens. You got it. Just use your camera. So you remove the apps that you've installed over time and then look at your settings. Look at what you are giving access to. And whether you're on Android or iPhone, they've made it super easy to do that. Mm-hmm. Let's say you, the phone is listening. And Kim, by the way, I love hiking and I, I do a show about national parks. So anytime you want to hike Patagonia, <laughs> I'm your girl. Um, so let's say you and I are talking about hiking Patagonia. Um, how can you just walk? It might be getting in the weeds a little bit, but can you just walk me through the process of what happens with that data that so your phone hears the word and then what happens from that, from there, does it go to a database and then it sorts out? And it's like, oh, we should send her a hiking era, you know, a Patagonia or Columbia ad. Well, you know, it's been said that each one of us have at least twenty five thousand different data points on us. Uh, almost like, yeah, almost yeah, it is, <laughs> isn't it, Abby? I mean, it's that you have twenty five thousand different data points. It's almost like you have a digital avatar in the cloud. I mean, I don't know about you, but start thinking about. 25,000 data points. I mean, that's a lot. I mean, imagine if like you were dating somebody and you could look at their profile. <laughs> if only, right? <laughs> right? That would, okay, there's a new business idea for yeah, us. Yeah, there we go. Let's do it. So it goes into this massive database. It does. And it's and every phone has what's called a unique ID, an MEID. And that's also tied to you. And of course, they say that the data traction and collection and whatever is anonymous, but it's truly not because not only do you have your unique identifier with your smartphone, but you have your unique identifier with your IP address and also your MAC address. And um, so it's really easy for somebody to kind of put all these pieces together and to do it in quick fashion. I'm talking like nanoseconds. Mm -hmm. And and so you go to your computer and then you start seeing something that's called maybe contextual targeting. Uh, and that would be related to something that you've already said or seen. There's behavioral targeting. Uh, there's keyword search targeting, which we talked about a little bit. There's retargeting. and But the whole idea is to get their ad, their message in front of you so that this way you'll react to it and you'll see it. And what better way to do it than to give us, uh, you know, ads about hiking in Patagonia mm-hmm. versus, um, oh, I don't know, uh, brain games or something like right. that. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> so it, it, it makes sense from a marketing standpoint. And there are ways that you can opt out. And a lot of people don't realize that. Um, you know, there's a big network called Ad Choices. I don't know. Have you ever heard about Ad Choices? No, but I was wondering, is there a way if, if I keep seeing an ad I don't want, can I get rid of it? Well, you know, if the ads are being served by Google, you can certainly do that. You can go into your preferences under your Google account and you can remove um, certain ads. You can remove all the ads. And that's actually an interesting thing to do is to look at what Google thinks they know about you. 
And it's really quite fascinating because I have a a Ferrari. I have a plane. I have all these things that might be associated with a male. And so when I looked at my Google profile, it said I was a male. I'm like, mm, really? not so much. Yes. You're kidding. <laughs> um, so it's, it's interesting to go in there and do that. But there's a there's a program called the Digital Advertising Alliance. And what it is, is that they're probably responsible, I would say, for about 90% of the targeted advertising. And Ad Choices is a group that got together that said, all right, we are going to give people a choice, whether or not they want to participate in targeted ads. And so basically what it is, is that you go to their website and they will allow you to put a cookie because some of the stuff that's tracking is done with cookies in your browser mm-hmm. that keeps unique identifiers for different websites. Cookies can be good, though, because what it allows you to do is to not put in that stupid password, you know, every time right. you want to sign into something. I never like to clear those. <laughs> I know, and I don't either. And that's what this requires is for you to wipe out all your cookies. And then you're going to put a cookie there that says don't drop any cookies here. And they also have an app that allow you to, that allows you to put that on your phone. And then, of course, you can opt out that way, too. That seems like a whole lot of work. <laughs> it, you know, it is. And at the end of the day, we're just like, OK, please just. Fine. It doesn't, yeah, I'll, I'll just see take the darn it. ad. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and then also keep in mind, like, let's take, for example, Facebook and back to that listening example that you gave mm-hmm. with the hotspot is that uh, if you are always logged into Facebook, I mean, I'm just talking about always logged in. So you just go to Facebook.com, you fire up the app, whatever it is, right. Messenger, is that Facebook is not just tracking everything that you're doing when you're on Facebook. They're tracking every mm-hmm. single thing. Wow. And so that lends to more of these data points that we mentioned. So, you know, whatever you search for on Facebook, whatever you search for on the web, and, you know, you've got those embarrassing searches. We all do. Okay. <laughs> I mean, let's just face it. Yeah. Uh, and, and all that's being tracked. And so you can opt out of Facebook's uh, advertising network as well if you want. But again, it's the convenience that we all want and the convenience that we all love. So does that mean that since Facebook owns Instagram, that's happening on Instagram too, it's tracking you even when you're not on the app? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, everything. <laughs> you know, and, and that's and that's the interesting part about this, Abby, is that, is that a lot of people don't realize that they that we are being tracked everywhere we go, whatever we do, offline, online. I mean, your TV is tracking you, Okay. You can opt out of that, too. But what the t- TV companies do is they like to call it like like enhanced marketing. And you're like, hmm, I would like enhanced marketing. I like to be enhanced. I'll sign up for that. So everything is being tracked. You go into a mall. I know when's the last time you went to the mall. I know it's because of pandemic. Um, but even when you're walking through an airport, the the ads now are going to be so targeted and they're getting so focused that you and I are going to see two different ads on a digital billboard. So this way, it's going to be totally targeted to you. You're living in Manhattan. I'm living in Phoenix. Uh, you need an umbrella and I don't, right? Yeah. So, so those ads are, are also now being tied to uh, personalization. because And personalization is key because that is a higher response rate, which leads to a higher ROI. Right. I know this this is a conversation everyone has um, and has an opinion on. But we talk about these 
you know, devices and apps tracking us at every waking moment of our day. Um, but do you so I mean, just boiling it down, are targeted ads a violation of privacy and or security? That is a very, very interesting question, Abby, and something that so many companies, legislators are trying to figure out right now. It becomes a violation to, for me is that I'd like to be able to see everything that a company has about me, right? Right. Um, I'd like to be able to say, you know what, I'm searching for cancer, not for me, but because I'm my mother's caregiver. And so I don't want that to influence my insurance rates. I want to be able to get in there. Now, there's also a movement that's actually getting underway in that these big tech companies are profiting off of our data, right? I mean, getting back to that lawyer example, Every time somebody pays $50 to, for a click, Google makes 50 bucks. Okay, they're profiting off of our data. So shouldn't there be a way that I could say, here's my data, and if you'd like to have access to it, then you should pay me. And the thought is that if we can change that methodology, that the average, say, family of four, you know, two dads, two moms, mom and dad, whatever, with, with a couple of kids and a dog, that they would probably make about $24,000 a year by selling their data, which doesn't sound like a lot. But again, we will be able to control how much data is being put out there. Now, whether or not that's a feasible alternative, I think it's going to be really hard to close the, bo- yeah. the barn door at this point. And I was going to say, do you think it's too far gone? There's, I feel yeah, like big tech just, already does this. Yeah, it's it's too far gone. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're, we don't really even know everything that they track about us, do we? I mean, we don't. Oh. And when you start putting it all together, you're like, hmm, okay. But now it's also predictive behavior, too, that Amazon's working on a program that, you know, of course, now they have subscribe and save, right? Why not? Yeah, I, get, I want dog food every five weeks. That's why I don't yeah. have to go in order it all right so but wouldn't it be interesting that maybe it's getting towards fall the temperatures are getting down that amazon is going to drop me 10 items of clothing and cleaning supplies and anything else that i might need and then tell me to ship back what i don't want there it's, this is more than just amazon prime wardrobe I mean, okay yeah this is this is now predictive behavior this is more than just Alexa on your Echo saying, hey, it's been a while since you ordered dog food. Do you want me to get some for you now? This is just right on your doorstep. You didn't even know that those boots existed, but they're there. And you don't have to go through the process of ordering them. And that, But then I, how do they guarantee that you'll ship back the stuff you don't want? Oh, they'll figure out a way. They're going to charge your credit card and you know, it'd be up to you to to send it back there. They are. There are so many ingenious ways that, you know, Amazon has figured out how to make money. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, just look at now they're getting in the pharmaceutical business, which is phenomenal. I mean, imagine your doctor puts in a prescription and then it shows up on your doorstep in an hour from Amazon Prime. You don't have to go to CVS. Thank you. Right. Also, that helps a lot of people, you know, a lot of older people who can't get to, you know, the pharmacy. Um, And so this this whole thing with targeted advertising, it's it's not going away. It's not, 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 not going away. (laughs) It's 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 going to be here. It's going to be in more places. It's going to be more in your face. And the more that you post the things that you like, uh, 
the items that you share whatever it may be just know that every single thing that you're doing is probably being tracked i've got a question to ask you but first we've got to step aside for a quick break we'll be back after this i was hoping to feel better after this conversation kim feel worse I'm sorry, Abby. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, it is. It's kind of crazy to think about just, you know, our technology moving forward. And, and we have this conversation all the time about how technologically advanced we're getting in certain areas. But um, I didn't even think about that um, predictive behavior example that you gave. I mean, that's that's a whole nother level. Yeah, because what if the prediction's wrong? What if AI is wrong? Mm. What if I don't want that? What if now it's going to point me into another direction that I never really thought about? It's it's really think about how much we have changed in the last 10, 20 years. Right. I mean, we, we've suddenly become accepted. It's, it's acceptable to us to just sit there and look at our phone when people are around us. But it's silent. We're not talking to anybody. What happened? And there is a sense now that that people who are growing up with the technology, I'm talking about people who are, you know, kids now, you know, 16, 17, 18, they've been around it their entire lives, that that they may not necessarily have this sense of empathy uh, because they are too used to talking to a screen, which as parents, it's our responsibility to make sure that they that they don't. Yeah. And everything is so easy. I mean, you grow up with a generation now who it doesn't know what it's like to go to the library and check out a book. They can just get it shipped on Amazon and it's there the next day. You don't have to worry about your library card. You know, you don't have to read the book right away because you have to return it. I mean, you wonder about the work ethic even growing up now, like people who are maybe born tomorrow, it's they're going to live in a whole different world. Yeah, and it's exciting, though. I really do. I think it's amazing, these times that we have and how technology has really crossed a lot of boundaries. I love being able to watch my mother, who's 82, talk to her great-grandson in Lafayette, Indiana, uh, through FaceTime, or even better yet, she has an Amazon Echo, and you just have to say, hey, drop in on Granny, and there she is. She doesn't (laughs) have to answer the phone or, or anything, and she has a digital photo frame, and she sits there and she watches all the videos and the pictures that everybody in the family sends to her, and she's able to recount her stories and uh, my mother was one of the inventors of the first video phone and really uh, yeah she was she's pretty amazing she was uh, over at bell labs in new jersey when i was growing up and so it's pretty phenomenal and i look at um you know nieces and nephews you know one to eight years old and 12 years old of course you know there's always that you know just remember what you put on Instagram stays forever, you know, type of thing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm really glad that they didn't have Facebook when I was in high school because that would have been terrible for me. Um, but there's also a movement, just speaking about kids, about is there a digital deletion button that we can have? So if when you turn 20, you can wipe out everything that you did as a child so and put it away in a vault. So if you wanted to run for office, for example, they wouldn't go out and find it. Really? Is that so you're saying that exists already? There's a push and there's a movement towards it because people are now in their 20s saying, you know what? Hey, 
Yeah, I went I went on a bender at a frat party. Okay, I'm sorry. You know, (laughs) snap on me. Um, So there is a movement for for that. And, you know, hey, I'm glad I didn't have it when I was going to college. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, Look, I I love what you said about, um, you know, dropping in on granny and and the fact that we now have this technology that we can capture those moments. You know, Uh, like you said, with the video frame, even we have a, a whole album of my nephew who lives in Chicago. He's two, around two years old, and I get to see him every day because his photos just filter through on my frame, you know. And it's it's those are the moments that you know makes you really grateful that we're having um, these advances in technology for for those interpersonal connections that um, you might not be able to have without it. And who wants to fold a map? I mean, really, we, we could never do that anyway. We might have to use one of those when we hike in Patagonia. So, <laughs> All right, Ab, we'll do that. Perfect. We'll bring a map just in case. Uh, um, Kim, I just have one last question that I wanted to ask you. Um, just in terms of targeted ads, is there any harm on clicking on a, a, a targeted ad? Like, will it actually share your private information with someone that you don't want them to have access to? Well, that's a really interesting question because you don't really know who's behind that targeted ad, right? Right. I mean, it might be a company. It might be a network. There are like about 200 different networks. And this is really fascinating is that if you go to my website, commando.com, is that you see Google ads and you're like, hmm, are those Google ads or where the ads are? What happens behind the scenes, just as an example, is that you know how like the stock market works, right? Right. And the it, the prices go up or down at any given second. It's the same thing with online ads. And so when you fire up commando.com, you go there, behind the scenes, there's something called the pre-bidder heading. And any ad that you see there is being bid on in nanoseconds based on who you are, how you're getting there. And this sounds just my website. But if you were just think like, oh, they just show random ads, it's never there. People are, companies are bidding in milliseconds to get that ad in front of you. And that's why they're willing to pay for it. And that's why it's targeted. And that's why you look at it and you go, hey, yeah, I, I don't need those vans. I'll click here. Right. We all need vans. <laughs> if we're going to walk into Hot Topic, we need to be wearing our vans. <laughs> you got it. Uh, well, for everyone who is listening, um, definitely check out Kim's website. She just said at commando.com. It's amazing. I'm on it right now. A lot of excellent articles. You'll learn a lot. So make sure you check it out. And Kim, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Anytime, Abby. All right. If you missed anything from class, these are my office hours. And here are some top takeaways about targeted ads. Number one, technology has crossed so many boundaries. Whatever you post, wherever you post it, whatever post you save, regardless if you delete or unsave an online action, it is still out there on the web. Number two. Targeted ads are not going away anytime soon. In fact, they're expanding to even more places. Take Amazon, for example, and the potential for it to use predictive behavior. There's a long way this thing can go. Overall, the more you post, the things you like, the items you share, everything you are doing at all times is probably being tracked. Companies are in these bidding wars with one another within seconds of you liking or sharing something relevant to their product in order to get their ad to be the first one that shows up on your feed. And number three, 
While this technology can be overwhelming, it's important to remember that it is so interactive and has proven beneficial for some demographics. For example, you know, some older generations, they're using phones and new devices that can be confusing, but these targeted ads and new technology can make the things that they're looking for much more easily accessible through their mobile devices. Thank you so much for listening to this conversation on targeted ads. For more podcasts, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this one on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen, and leave us a review. This has been Getting Schooled with Abby Hornacek on the Fox News Podcast Network. Class dismissed.